19, Psalm 19. I'm not going to wear it. <laughs> Psalm 19. And let's open it with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word, that it is trustworthy because you are trustworthy. Your word is faithful because you are faithful. And we can trust your word. It's a solid foundation on which we stand. And we thank you for your spirit that you've given us, who works in us through your word and accomplishes your purposes. And we pray this evening as we turn to your word in Psalm 19, we see your general revelation and your special revelation, how you've revealed yourself to us. We pray that uh, you would be honored and that we'd be challenged, as David is, as he comes to the end of this psalm, and he's moved to response. We pray that uh, all this in, in Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven, and its circuit to the other end. There is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. There's a very clear divide in this psalm between subject matter. The first half focuses on creation, God's world. And the second half focuses on God's word. In fact, some, this divide has caused some people to say, well, well this, is, this is two different writings. It's an earlier psalm and then, and then a newer ad. Uh, addition to it. When in reality, these two things work together perfectly, as we see here in Psalm 19. We see God's creation, and we see God's word. God's general revelation, and God's special revelation. We talk about God's general revelation, we're talking about his general revelation to all men that I am God. I am creator, I am powerful, I am glorious. We see that here in Psalm 19 in the first verse. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. The heavens and the skies 
When you look up, it declares, it makes known, it announces the glory of God. I love the word there, declare. This is not a truth that, that, that's veiled. It's not a secret. It, it's not a whisper. It's declared. The glory of God. This great God, the magnitude of the heavens, the beauty of the heavens, the order of the heavens. He declared the glory of the God who made them. As a painting testifies to the painter, his skill, his eye for beauty. As a cabinet testifies to the cabinet maker, his skill, his, his, his steadiness of his hand and, and attention to detail. So the heavens declare the glory of their maker, God. They make it known, they announce it. The firmament, it, it shows, it displays, it puts out there for all the world to see God's handiwork, his power. Verse 2, day unto day, day after day, it utters speech. It repeats these same truths day after day and night after night. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. This, this truth that is heralded from the heavens is heralded in all languages around the world because it's the stars, it's the heavens. No one can say, I didn't understand because there's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. The glory of God is heralded all around the world. Everyone hears. Verse 4, their line, a, a string that, that stretched out for measuring, their line goes out through all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth. No one can say, I didn't understand it, and no one can say, I didn't see it. Because the glory of God is displayed in the heavens is, is worldwide. It extends to the ends of the earth. In the end of verse 4 and verses 5 and 6, he, the psalmist, David here, focuses in on one example of this. The sun. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. A dwelling. He's appointed times for the sun. He's in control of the sun. It's interesting there, at the end of verse 4, it says, In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. Many of their neighbors, that as we saw in Joshua, they should have kicked out of land, but they didn't. Many of their neighbors, many in this time, would look at the sun and say, look at the sun. They would worship the sun. They would deify it. But David looks at the sun. He says, look at my God. He has done that. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, rejoices like a strong man to run its race. It comes out. It bolts forth. It's ready. It's excited. It's rising. It's from the one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. And because there's nothing hidden from its heat, there's nothing hidden from its message, that there is a great God. 
This is the general revelation of God. That there is a God. That he is great and that he is glorious. All creation testifies to this. The heavens declare it. It shows his glory. It shows his, his handiwork, his power. And then as you move to the second half, verses 7 to 11, we see then God's word. God's world declares his power, his existence. Whereas God's word comes in close and it teaches, it reveals. It's the special revelation of God. Verses 7 and 8, we see four different synonyms for God's word. The, the, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, and the commandment of the Lord. These four different things, four different ways of referring to the Pentateuch, God's word is given at that time, is revealed at that time. The law of the Lord, his teaching, is perfect. So we see in these four statements, it describes what the word of God is and then what it accomplishes. Four different things here. It is perfect. The law of the Lord, the teaching of the Lord is perfect. Doing what? What does it accomplish? It converts the soul. It's reviving. It's, it's refreshing. Law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord. Again, another word, another synonym for God's word. His, his witness is sure. It is trustworthy. It is a solid foundation. And what does it do? What does it accomplish? It brings wisdom. It makes wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord, the, the orders are right. And they rejoice the heart. They bring joy. The commandment of the Lord is pure. And what does it accomplish? It enlightens the eyes. It brings alertness, activity. What's interesting is when you compare the first half of the psalm here with the second half. The first half, the, the, notice the verbs, that the, the heavens declare, the firmament shows day unto day, utters speech. It's telling about God. It's a big picture. You look at verses 7 and 8, it, it zooms in on the heart. The word of God is perfect. It is sure. It is right. It is pure. It refreshes the soul. It brings wisdom. It brings joy. It brings alertness, activity, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord, the proper reverence of God, specifically as brought about by this revelation from God. The fear of the Lord is clean. It is pure. It endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. And righteous altogether, for he is a just God. And all of this leads down to verses 10 and 11. More to be desired are they than gold. 
God's word, God's instructions are more desirable than the greatest riches that this world can afford. Than the, the, the sweetest thing that can touch your lips. God's word is greater. God's truth is better. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. As you come to verses 12 to 14, you then see David's response. Verses 12 and 13, we see David's need as expressed as he looks up, as he sees this God, as he looks down and he sees his word, which looks down into his heart. He sees his need, which leads to then verse 14, his desire. The proper response when faced with the glory and the might of God's creation and the truth and the powers revealed in God's word is repentance, as we see here in 12 and 13. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. It's interesting as, as you're reading this for the first time, it kind of seems to take an interesting turn at verse 12. You'd expect David to end this psalm like he ends the other psalms, praising this glorious God who we see in heaven, who we see in his word. You'd expect David to turn and to just end this psalm by saying, glory to God in the highest. But instead, these truths lead David inward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from my secret faults, from that which is hidden and and that which you see. What's interesting is verse 12 here is contrasted with verse 6. Verse 6 says it's a circuit, talking about the sun, to the other end. There's nothing hidden from its heat. There's nothing in all the world hidden from the heat of the sun. So it is with the word of God. As the sun shines on all, declaring God's glory to all, so the word of God searches all the hidden places in the heart of man, revealing all the hidden sin. Nothing escapes God's attention. And praise the Lord that nothing can escape his forgiveness if we will turn in repentance to him. Which is what David does here. Cleanse me from my secret faults, from these these hidden things that you have seen that have been made bare before you. David here feels, feels naked standing in front of this glorious God who he sees as he looks up into the heaven and who he sees as he looks into the word. He's pleading for forgiveness. Cleanse me. Keep back your servant from, also from presumptuous sins, from that which goes far beyond the living, arrogant disregard. Help me to love your word. Keep me from, from, from arrogantly disregarding it. Don't let those sins have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and shall be innocent of great transgression. Then, at that point, when you forgive me, when you keep me, David is not saying here, let me, let me clean up my life and, and then I'll come to this great God. I, I see this great God. I see my sin. 
I'm going to take care of my sin, and then I'll come to God. He says, I see my great God. I see my sin. Forgive me of my sin. I need you. I need you alone. Then, at that point, when you cleanse me from these secret faults, I can't even understand my sins. I, I can't even fathom all the sins that I have accomplished. Cleanse me from my secret faults. Keep me. David is totally dependent on God to cleanse him and to keep him. And at that time, I will be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. And this truth leads him into verse 14. From David's need of God's forgiveness to David's heartfelt desire. Let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart What's interesting is that the meditation of your heart is betrayed by the words of your mouth. What he's saying is, is cleanse all of me. Not just the, the outward, what I say. I don't want to just look good. Cleanse me deep down inside my, my heart. What I meditate on. What motivates me. Let these be acceptable in your sight. From the inside out. And he ends again with his confidence, his need, his dependence on God. Oh Lord, the one who is my strength, the one who is my redeemer. It is you who sought me out. My strength and my redeemer. The truth of Psalm 19 is picked up in New Testament passages like Romans 1, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, Hebrews 4, 12. These are all passages that build on the truths of Psalm 19. And what we see is that the heavens still declare the glory of God. The word of God is just as active as it ever was. It is just as powerful as the sun still touches all of the earth, so the word of God still digs deep into the heart of every man, as Hebrews 4.12 says. And so may we grow to love God's word and thereby grow in our love for the God of the word. May Psalm 19.14 be our prayer as well. As we look up and see the heavens, as we look around us and see creation, and as we look down into the word of God and the spirit whom he has given us works in us, may we be moved to repentance and then to glory in this God as David does here. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalm 19 is the progression of a man who sees the greatness and the glory of his God and that greatness and that glory through the truth of God's word then takes root in his heart and leads him to repentance. That's the story of each and every one of us. 
That's what God has done for us. That's what the word of God does. And that, that is good news for us. Because what God's word has done for us, it can do for others. See, my, my hope in witnessing and going out, my, my foundation on which I stand, the truth that I proclaim is not some you know, neat four-point outline that I've come up with. Because it's not about me. It's the word of God that does this. As these truths move David to repentance, so they move anyone who submits to God to repentance. And so that's our hope as we go out, as we take the good news of the gospel to others. That's our hope. That we join the, the song of the heavens and of the word and declaring this glorious God. And what a privilege it is to be called to that, to be called to be ambassadors. As we saw in Sunday school, Sunday morning, downstairs with Jim, we are ambassadors for Christ. And we don't have to come up with our own jingle, our own message. We have truth. And that truth is powerful. We just have to share it. And so I hope that is encouraging to you this evening as we look at Psalm 19. It's one of my favorite psalms. It's a psalm I often find myself returning to. I would encourage you to as well. Before